JD Talking Sports. It is Friday, August 18th, 2017. Eight days until Connor and Floyd play. And I just read that Floyd's dad will sue Connor if he fights dirty. We're talking to my cousin Teddy today in California. And Floyd Sr. said that uh, he was whispering something. I, who was he talking to? Oh, he was on the Colin. He was on with Colin, Colin Coward. And he was talking about that, sure, if you put him in octagon, that, yeah, he would go with Connor. But in the ring, he says, Connor's not a fighter. And we were talking about how Floyd, watching Floyd fight, you know, it's been over 2,000 days since he beat somebody within... Uh, actually stopped the guy, Victor Ortiz. And his fights are fucking boring. I really am not a fan of watching him fight. I don't. I mean, I used to watch guys, Sweet Pete, uh, Pernell Whitaker, and other guys, and they would get me excited, but Floyd never got me excited. I, I, I've never watched him, but I, I mean, I know he's a great tactician and all that stuff, but he never gets me uh, Jonesing. That's just me, all right? All right you got to go. Now, the Yankees, you know what? Watching these baseball games, man. The seventh inning today of the Yankees-Red Sox game took one freaking hour. Yankees were down 3 nothing, Then they were up 6-3. Sanchez, I'll tell you that J-Lo A-Rod meeting has paid dividends exponentially. He had a home run in the seventh that tied 3-3, and then... They batted around. Judge had bases loaded with one out, struck out. Then Sanchez got out. So they're up 6-3. You know, one more hit would have put him up. And bottom inning, man. Freaking. You know. Who was, who, who was pitching? Guy's been having a good year for them. And I'm blanking on it. You know what? I'll tell you. 48 minus sometimes feels like. Uh, uh, just feel like I'm forgetting stuff, and I don't want to forget stuff. I want to, I want to, I want to have this brain working. Maybe I got to do some like brain exercises or something, where I just have to get everything working the right way. Yeah, I wanted to see who had the crap started off the crappy inning. No, Montgomery went five. Oh, Chad Green, then uh, Tommy. Tommy Canley came in. He didn't pitch too well. Now Chapman's in. In the eighth. I know Gumbo Chef loves, loves when I talk about a game that's going on right now. But it, I was watching the game. And I was going to do the podcast. And I was like, you know what? Let me just watch this game for a while. And I was talking to Valerie. And Valerie's like, well, go, get to it. And I was saying the game. It's not that the game was boring. It's that, they, you know, the pitching changes. The Red Sox in that inning... I mean, Jesus Christ, they're on one, two, three, four, five. They've used seven pitchers. Seven pitchers, man. And they used three pitchers in the seventh. Hour to play one inning of baseball. I mean, sure, they scored a lot of runs that inning, but still, that's a lot of freaking eight runs scored in the inning. Okay, yeah, well, that's, that is going to take an hour to play. It really shouldn't. But it just seems like, I mean, you're just waiting between pitches and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, congratulations to Hannah and Derek Jeter. Bella, Bella Rain, was that, that's her name? 
My cousins had a kid. They named him Wilder. And I found out that my cousin Jessica freaking just loved the name Wilder. I was like, all right. I don't know any Wilders. Now I have a cousin named Wilder. Who knew? It's a cool name, right? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mets are playing. Mets are 13 games under 500 right now going into tonight. They haven't been that below 500, that record, since the last game of the 2013 season. And they're losing tonight, too. Losing the more. And that game started two hours late. So imagine you get to the game, and two hours later, they finally start the game. And you're like, Jesus, is this ever going to happen? Yeah, Mets are losing 3-1. Ooh. Crazy, 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 crazy. Oh, and um, also, A Rod said that J Lo is a better athlete than him. And I was, you know, I was talking to my cousin. I said, I think it's even in the bedroom. I just can't. Well, you know, she was a dancer. She did lead the Fly Girls in in Living Color, so she has a dance background. But I, I, A Rod kind of loves himself. Everybody's jumping on the Al Franken slams Trump on Bill Maher's real time. He's a, what's he say, a terrible, you see, the, yeah, he's a terrible president. Yeah. Wow. It's, th- thanks, Al. Thanks, th- thanks for that. I mean, uh, this is all like, I'll tell you, you know, it's like, you know, they give these headlines and you're just like, and then Six Flags, Great Adventure, the Six Flags represent the Six Flags of the state in Texas. I didn't know what the, I know, you know, I guess I never paid attention to that. I was a kid. I always just went to say, I remember Six Flags in New Jersey, but it originated in Texas and Georgia. They took down the Confederate flag. So we were talking about that, that, you know, maybe they can have like a Civil War museum. Send all the statues there, you know? But, you know, doesn't uh, Ray, Ray Lewis, they have a statue up outside Raven Stadium. Got in a little trouble uh, after Super Bowl a couple years ago uh, when he first started Cayman League. Some guy, people got murdered. Guys he was hanging around with. You know what? Everybody, hey, listen, I am not absolving, you know, some of these statues have to go, but I feel it's history. And it's a reminder of what we what happened and not let it happen again. It's a reminder. Maybe I'm a little different on that front. It's a reminder. And sometimes you want the reminders there that to never let th- that shit happen again. I mean, I'm Jewish. I think about all the Holocaust stuff. I went to the Holocaust Museum in Israel. That was, whew. you never want to let that happen again. Now, I always thought if I was over there and they tried to take me, I would have taken a couple of them with me. I don't think I would have let them take me in a concentration camp. I would have died. I definitely would have. I wouldn't have put up with that shit. I would have got angry. That's just me. Yeah. JD Talking Sports getting a little deep on the 18th of August. That's JD Talking Sports. Drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, subscribe on iTunes. Rate me on iTunes. I know I'm talking a little too much politics. I need to get away from that. But it is a little crazy time right now. And I watched today that Michael Bennett was on the sitting down during the national anthem and one of his the starting center Brit had his hand on his shoulder Malcolm Jenkins had his fist raised and oh my 
John, I'm blanking. The guy who won the with the with the uh Patriots last year. Chris Long had his uh arm around him. So they're guys supporting and you know, I mean Chris Long did say, Hey, I'm a white guy, I, I haven't had the same stuff that he's gone through, but it's nice to see the teammates are supporting each other. They're a brotherhood, and why shouldn't they support each other? I I thought that was refreshing to see. Very refreshing. What what else did I want to talk about today? Yeah, I swear about this national outrage in India over the deaths of more than 60 children who died in a government hospital last week after the oxygen oxygen supply was cut off, unbeknown to the patients and the parents. The hospital supplier had halted shipment of liquid oxygen over unpaid bills. The deaths symbolize India's swamped, mismanaged, and often corrupt public health care system. And also a 10-year-old Indian girl who was raped by an uncle and then lost her legal battle to have an abortion gave birth to a girl. I mean, I just read that. I was like, what the fuck? Jesus. You know what? And we talk about shit that happens here in the U.S. and that stuff, and it's just, wow. I'm just... I read that. I was horrified. Got raped by an uncle and ends up, they won't let her have an abortion to make her have the kid. Makes you think and go like, oh, and the Yankees are losing 9-6. Man, Chapman is pitching like shit. He is not. He's lost something. Didn't even let him pitch the ninth. Can't hold the lead. Jaguars after last night's game. I'll tell you, I was watching ESPN Sports Center this year and how great uh, Winston played. He had a good game, but they didn't show that play where he should have got rid of the ball and they, you know, you know, he was going down. Instead of you know, instead of taking the sack, he threw it into the end zone, got intercepted, and then they called that he was in the grasp, which was a bullshit call. He got on the sidelines, and Dirk Cutter like gave him the third degree. And I was wondering, you know, I said, well, maybe they'll show it a different show. But I felt like you know, wasn't given all the facts. And I know they're trying to show all this stuff. You know, sometimes we all see, oh, you see the numbers and you don't see the game. And you're like, oh, wow, he had a good game. And then you realize, hey, he made him his eight passes, but he could have, like, thrown eight touchdowns if he would have thrown a couple of receivers. And they saw Blake Bortles' stats yesterday, and they were okay. But really, he overthrew a lot of receivers, a lot of left a lot of open receivers on the field. And Robinson, one of his wide receivers, isn't happy with the way he's throwing the ball, even in practice. I mean, and that's the thing, they might go after A.J. McCarron, but he can't unseat. I'm not really a fan of uh, the ginger. What the hell is the ginger's name? Andy Dalton. I mean, he's okay. He's solid. He's not great. He's solid. And they're saying, you know, A.J. McCarron, they want a second-round pick. They draft him in the fifth round. Alabama, you know, had a great run at Alabama. They played pretty well in that playoff game. They said maybe they'll get him for to Jacksonville this is the thing you got the number three pick in the draft in Bortles I mean he still hasn't shown you anything and you're thinking Tom Coughlin's giving him some rope two two preseason games he has to feel like listen we got some talent here let's not blow it Chad Henney's not going to take us to the promised land he's not even a, I mean I can't imagine him playing 16 games and then being excited about it but I think Coughlin's like we got to change the program here we got some young guys we got Fournette Got some receivers. The defense is coming together. They got Jack. The kid out of uh, UCLA. Who I always liked. 
Then they got the kid out of uh, Paul Poslansky. Uh, I'm, I'm butchering his name. The kid out of Penn State. I always liked him. He's got a neck. His neck is is bigger than my two. Is bigger than my goddamn two legs combined. Guys, guys, a tackling machine. Paul Poslansky, and I'm butchering it. Paul. I apologize if I'm butchering your name, but they have a lot of talent. Yeah, Miles Jack. They have a lot of talent in this team. The kid, that's the guy I was talking about at UCLA. They got a lot of talent. And I think Coughlin's going to change the program there. And Doug Marone, they're going to change the program there. And Blake Bortles is not the answer. A.J. McCarron, hey, he's more of a, you know, a, a, you know, uh, what do they call him? You know, he's not going to make the wild play, but he's not going to make a lot of turnovers. And they want to run the ball anyway with Fournette. So, Blake Bortles, you're playing for your future and everything else right now. So, it's time to get it together. And I read this ESPN, new villains like Aaron Judge, Chris Sale, Rev Up, Yankee. I, I wouldn't call them villains. Aaron Judge looks like a, just a nice guy. Chris Sale, yeah, you know, I know, he's a pitcher. He doesn't pitch enough for me to be a villain. Guy's got to play every day, in my opinion. I mean, Pedro, Martinez, you and Clemens. I mean, you guys in the rivalry. And A-Rod was always an asshole. Nobody liked Jeter. Even though Jeter wasn't, a, wasn't an arrogant kind of player like that. But the Sox never were a big Jeter. Hey, Bucky... Bucky fucking Dent. They they hated Bucky Dent. And he wasn't really. But you had Jackson. You had Steinbrenner. You had Billy Martin. I mean, there was some stuff back then. Yankees didn't. It was heated. The games were heated back then. But I, I don't know if I'd go with villains with Aaron Judge and Chris Sale. I think I'd think that over again. I talk about Kevin Durant. I don't want. I don't respect who's in the office right now. Yeah. You and about eight. eight you and a lot of other people there. KD. Yeah. Rutgers to install temporary pool or jacuzzi in student section for open reverse Washington. Hey, you know what? I I would go, what would I go with? I'd go with the pool. I'd go with the pool because the pool will keep me cool. Jacuzzi, I'd rather stay cool. Jacuzzi's going to get me, you know, a little warm. You know, you're drinking a little too much, you're going to piss in the jacuzzi. You're going to probably piss in either one of them. But I, I go pool, then you can chlorine the shit out of it. That's me. And you know these millennials, they always need to be dazzled. Always need to be dazzled. I read this cool article about this jockey. This article by Mike Tierney in the Times. Mike Smith, he is, how old is he? 52nd, 52 years old. He does this, he works out like a madman. He's got Brian Killian is his trainer who trained Junior Seau. And he does these workouts, they said, that most, even Brian Killian and his trainer said he couldn't keep up with. And he actually races less now than he used to. He This year, he's done 169 mounts this year when he was he used to do over 900 a year. And he's converted, made about $15 million in purse, purses, which is about 88000 for each time he breaks the gate. Now, he also won $6 million, uh at the Dubai World Cup in March in which he rode Arrowgate. So I just read this article, and I'm like... You know, this guy goes to the gym. He used to do three-hour workouts, but he had to cut back on that. You know, he couldn't couldn't keep doing the three-hour workouts. And he's well-respected. He says he knows how to conserve his body. He can't race every every day. Sometimes he'll only do one mount instead of three. He was inducted into the Racing Hall of Fame in 2003. He has some, he has some regrets. He was unable to uh, close out an unbeaten 20-race career for, the, for uh, Zenyatta, who was a good fighter. She lost the... He lost a tight one in the Breeders' Cup Classic. So he took the blame. And uh, 
Baffert, the trainer, said Mike fell in the sword with Zenyatta. And Killian said that his trainer said the only time he remembered Smith showing up unenthusiastic for a workout. But he says more typically he'll get a phone call 12 hours after a race. And he says, when are we training today? When are we training today? And he does this like hardcore hour workout. And he changed his whole thing around with his agent. He said um, he wants to keep racing and he knows his body. And he said, you know, I want to, you know, I, I can't do all the races, so I know what I have to do to keep going. They say nobody, one of his fellows right old, uh, Jerry Bailey, who, who retired fourth in career winnings. Smith is second behind uh, John Valis, Valisquez. Velasquez. Can you, I just butchered that one, right? I mean, to be 52. He's dead. So he's on a pace to do under 300 amounts this year, down from 554 in 2014 and over 1,000 in 15 other years. So think about that. 1,000 mounts. You know, he realizes... It's amazing what he, he he said, hey, you know what? I want to keep racing, and I know the wear and tear my body. And he knows what he has to do to keep this going. And and Smith didn't really get into exercising until his late 20s. And he's, he shattered vertebrae from a 1998 spill, which closely resembled a broken, you know, that followed a broken shoulder and collarbone. Now, it might have resulted in paralysis if not for his excellent physical condition, doctors told Smith. And it was in San Diego where he met Killian. He said, uh, Killian said, I saw this dude in a tank top kind of buff. Soon there was student and instructor. Smith answers to another trainer in Pasadena, California, when Santa Anita Park is in session. Pretty, you know, I'm, I was just impressed by it. I was like, God damn. And he doesn't like to do back-to-backs, you know. He knows what it does to his body. I just, I just, I just, I read this. I was like... Uh, he says, you have to ride enough to stay fit. That's the trick. And you generally have to ride to keep your timing. It's like you know how to drive, but if you don't drive very often, you lose the sense of where you are. I just thought it was kind of a cool. I, I, I like the article. And I just was like, yeah, I think that's kind of cool. And the Yankees swept the Mets, came with a four-game winning streak. That's going to end today. Their first series sweep of their intracity rival since 2003. Severino, 10-5. and five. Sanchez hit another home run today. God bless him, 23rd of the season. Yeah, the Mets, 13 games under 500, reached on the final day of the 2013 season. And they look like they lose today. And Matt's man, charged with a career high, seven runs yesterday, six earned. His ERA is over six. Only pitched 76 pitches last night. And Sanchez, you know, Sanchez... Sputtered in July. His batting average was 263 on August 8th. He's had five multi hit games. And after tonight, six home runs. Last year in August, he had 11 home runs. So he's hitting the shit out of the ball. He goes, I feel really good right now. I'm making good contact. I don't remember last year anymore, but I'm trying to make good swings. All right. 
Well, and, and good thing, Jose Reyes is on a 10-day 10 10 deal with a left oblique strain, which he said was mild than the one that he caused him to miss 17 games earlier in the season, which is good. Manny Machado had a walk-off grand slam tonight. Unbelievable. Just crazy, right? And today, Matt Holliday and Stalin Castro both began minor league rehab assignments. Holiday was at Class A Advanced Tampa, and Castro went to AAA Scranton. They need him back. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They have hitting, and they just not get it done. Now, I read an awesome article about uh, Laszlo Yoratia Fuentes, who plays in the Futures Tour, which is like below the ATP Tour. He's 27. He's earned less than 30000 in his career. He was playing tournaments, and he said, I'm going to give myself a year and a half to make it. And so I read this whole article about this. Here's a guy, you know, playing, you know, a lot of places he goes and he's just, just if you're breaking even, you know, and only out of the thousand, tens of thousand, I think there's like 14,000 players on this, on this tour of the futures. There's only a total of like 600 that break even. So you can see how hard it is. He, and they asked him, why did, why, 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 he said, why do I do it? Because it's a passion. Every guy you ask on the futures level, no one does it for the money. There's sometimes matches when you have no spectators and you're just grinding it out for yourself. Why do you travel sometimes to Tunisia or some running court and no one is watching? Because you want to win the match. You know, that, that, that's it. That's. He's a German of Chilean descent. How about that? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that him? Yes. He's, a, he's an interesting mix. You know, talked about Chris Long with Malcolm Jenkins, and he said, I think it's a good time for people that look like me to be there for people that are fighting for equality. I like that. And he grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia. And then Goodell said on Monday, the national anthem is a special moment to me. It's a point of pride. That is really important. That is a really important moment. But we also have to understand the other side, that people do have rights, and we want to respect those. Okay, buddy. Yeah, and Lynch, the GM of San Francisco, said, when asked to address the elephant in the room, I think the elephant just left the room because Little Mouse ran in here. He didn't want to talk about it. He thinks it's uh, dis- divisive. Hey, he's entitled to his opinion. And Bennett said, Charlottesville was the tipping point for me, Michael Bennett said that. To see so much hate, there was no way I could go out there and hide behind the game. He said it would take a white player to really get things changed. Well, hey, you got some of your white teammates standing up behind you. We'll see if it leads to anything. And now tomorrow they're having something in Boston, and CeCe's pitching tomorrow. He's a little concerned uh, how it's going to affect his game. But they don't, they're going to have a lot of police there, but there are going to be some KKKs there, people there. So it could get a little ugly, but it's getting a little crazy out there, you know? We shall see. And uh, Girardi says about Matt Holiday. He said, uh, on Thursday, he said, we've got to get him going. Well, it doesn't matter. You're up. You come down, down you're down 3 nothing. You come back, take a 6-3 lead, and now you're losing 9-6. Not good, man. And Penn State head coach James Franklin agreed to a six-year, $34.8 million extension. If you get it while you can, folks. That's some good money, right? That is some good money. 
And I read this also more. Devin Kennard started a book club online. And he had these kids read The Alchemist and the Kill a Mockingbird. And some it really resonated with some kids. One kid, Max Moore, senior at Southern Connecticut State University, received a signed teen shirt and a photo, but he appreciated it even more that Kennard prompted him to read Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird a second time. He said it made me think outside the box in regards to the story as a whole, the diversity and challenges the story tells. I was actually really happy to see that to see this was the book you chose because I had a decent amount of personal information on the story. You know, you know what? You, all we hear about it sometimes they're called dumb jocks. These are not dumb jocks. These are not the, these guys. And if they get fans, you know, reading the books, another girl, Lauren Russell, a Fordham freshman studying journalism, is a sports collector and a lifelong Giants fan. She wasn't, but she didn't want the autograph that got Russell to interact with Kennard and his book club. Book, book club. It was the opportunity to share a tidbit about her appreciation of Scout, the narrator, and protagonist of To Kill Mockingbird. She, saw, she said, I feel like I relate so much to her how she was like the tomboy growing up, playing outside with the boys. That was me. I just thought, why not answer this? And now she wants to purchase a Canard jersey for the rest start of the season and feels invested in a football player who made her think that's why you go to the stadium and buy tickets. I thought that was pretty freaking cool, you know? To get everybody... I mean, De- Devin Canard. That's pretty cool, you know? Got these kids reading. And you know, they were like, you know, I read the book twice. One girl said it felt like a Tom. I mean, it's kind of cool. It's not kind of cool. It's really cool. You know, there's a lot of shit happening right now, and you're just like, you know, it's it's nice when you when this stuff you hear this stuff. Yeah. And then uh, Pittsburgh. Um, oh my God, I'm, I'm blanking on Harrison's first name. God damn. James Harrison. So his nickname is Debo, which comes from the large neighborhood menace in the Friday series. He once picked up a rattlesnake by the tail and threw it out of his yard. <laughs> and, you know, they were saying stuff that he said that wasn't real. He said if people uh, uh, sat down for the national anthem, he'd break their legs. He said that wasn't true. But he did talk about oh, Yankees lost 9-6. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's a bad loss. But so James Harrison talked about Last summer's comments on participation trophies when he when he derided youth leagues awarding trophies to people who don't win, didn't win, and that's how you get so many believing in the fake news. And he said, "No, that was real. Oh yeah, and I agree. I talked about that on Real Sports 16th place trophies for these kids. Listen, not everybody's a winner. I was never a winner. I wasn't always a winner. And Le'Veon Bell's agent thought they had a deal on a long term contract with the Steelers. No, Bell reportedly nixed it. See how that's going to work out, huh?" Addison Reed, hey, the former Met gets the win. Conley gets the loss. God damn it. That's a bad loss, folks. Bad, bad loss. And Quincy Anunwa, thanks fans and support for supporting them on Instagram. I'll be back strong in 2018. Okay. I hope so. I really do. I really hope so. And uh, Barker will honor victims of attack in Barcelona. Barcelona, you got to say the C like that. With Sunday shirts, they're going to have a black band and everything. That sucks. And Junior Dos Santos pulled from UFC 2015 due to potential doping violation. And the guy he's fighting is pissed as all hell. 
Yeah, Francis Naganu said he was training hard. Santos has lost his last two out of his past three, including a first-round TKO loss to current champ uh, Miocic at UFC 211. And Francis uh, Naganu said, I'm very, very angry, almost done with training, and they just announced that my opponent is out. You know what? I'd be pissed too, man. And I talked about this, how Sachem High School, where they had the 400-pound log that basically smashed the kid's face in. Uh, they resigned the head football coach, unnamed assistant, pending results of probing the death of player during training drill. You knew that was going to happen. And a lot of they had an article in the Times today about it saying how they don't understand why that was used in training with these kids. I mean, it's not even used. It's a, it's a SEAL thing. You've got 200-pound fit guys and they had high school football players, and it wasn't even done. It was done with the touchdown club, not with the football team. But, I mean, no six, I, I st- I'm still perplexed at how that even happened. And Georgia State University uh, took a visionary step for the school by launching an eSports program last Wednesday that players can get a $1,000 scholarship. I was going to talk more about it, and I was like, playing video games and get a scholarship. Hey, you know what? It's a new world, folks. These kids play for hours. I mean, the, you know what? It is a... It is, uh, they're training. I mean, they're not really moving the bodies. I mean, they're sitting down and using their clicker and everything. But listen, it's a popular thing right now. The 34th member of the National Georgia State University is the 34th member of the National Association of Collegiate Esports, NACE. They can try out to play on the League of Legends and Smite varsity teams. Each play on the Russell will receive a scholarship of 1000 bucks. Okay. It helps them develop the skills. Who's this? Who said this? Yeah. Jay O'Toole, who is an associate professor and faculty affiliate at the university, says it helps them develop the skills and the capability they're going to need for jobs that we don't even know exist in the future. It's just one way for us to meet those students where their interests lie and help them develop those skill sets. I'd really be curious to what that's going to be. They're going to have 10 players, five for the League of Legends lineup, and five for the Smite squad. Okay. And it's going to be based on gameplay and interviews with faculty and staff. Students also want to meet the requirement for Hope scholarships, including a cumulative GPA of 3.0 at minimum. For students competing in GEL, a service by the Georgia Gaming Developers Association, both scholarships and internships at game studios will be up for grabs. Okay. It's a visionary step for the schools, says the Georgia Gaming Developers Association. Okay. If you say so. Students who compete often become fascinated by the technology involved and the underlying science. We already see many strong students developing through esports. You know what? Some of these kids wouldn't even go to school. And also, so it's growing in Georgia, they said. According to the Georgia Department of Economic Development, 26 gaming developers called the Peach State home, including high-res studios of Smite and Paladin's fame. What do I know? Pretty amazing. 
to say on that front. I, I think they Liberty won eighty two seventy over the Sun. Connecticut Sun Sun dropped to eighteen and ten. The Liberty improved to sixteen and twelve. Tina Charles twenty four points, seven rebounds, two assists. She had eighteen points in the freaking second quarter. I think unbelievable. She had twenty four. Hartley had eleven, and off the bench. Kia Stokes one point seven rebounds. Get those rebounds. Sugar Rogers thirteen points off the bench. Nice going. Gotta love it. Crazy, just crazy. Max Scherzer. Neck for hurt his neck. Ten day DLA for the Nat. Ten day DL for the Nats. Listen, they're they're up trying to big. And I still watched it. I went Byron Buxton racing around the bases in thirteen point eight five seconds for the fastest inside the park homer in stat cast hit error in the stat cast in stat cast error history. And I watched it. So it bounced off the wall, and he was going. And he really he he, he caught a sharp angle at second. He did a really good run. And I was like. God damn! I was like, I was thinking about how long it would take me to run on the bases. I kind of want to go to a, a baseball field and see how long it would take me. Because he was hauling ass, man. Yeah, talked about six flags. Yeah, yeah. Liberty ended the Suns' winning streak at six. Yeah, Nayo Rancock, Akunwe had twelve off the bench for the Liberty. And Liberty with the WNBA's top field goal defense held the Sun now eighteen and ten to thirty four percent. Tina Charles, god damn, she's good. She, yeah, she had 18 in the second quarter. Tina Charles is a beast, man. A beast. And I was thinking of funny lines, uh, semi-pro. Corn dogs, Jackie, corn dogs for all these people. And that was said by the guy, he was, uh, I can't, I see his face. He plays the uh, press secretary on Veep. He is a funny guy, dude. I, I love that movie. And the Minnesota Lynx, 59-point win over the Fever on Friday. Sets record for largest margin of victory in WNBA history. Breaks the previous record of 46 when Seattle beat Tulsa in 2010. 111-52. They were up 37-9 after one Lynx. 68-23 at the half. On the second half, they only outscored them 43-29. But still, 59 freaking points. Fever, you know, Tamika Catchings retires. They're nine and twenty. Made the playoffs last year. Minnesota twenty two and five, and they play at the Garden on Sunday. Yikes! All right, folks. Time for some trivia question. I appreciate Valerie giving me some support today and saying, "Get your ass and do the damn show." And I was like, "You're right. It's time to do the show." Okay, last show, Gumbo Chef. Most wins by a Yankee starting pitcher in franchise history. Ron Guidry, no. Clemens, no. Who else? You said a bunch of names. I can't remember all of them. Jack Chesbro, 41 in 1904. Now, Guidry, 78th year. I saw him strike at 18, 25 and 3 that year. He's tied fourth all time. But Jack Chesbro won 41 in 1904. Gummo Chef, you did not get that answer correct. I apologize. I love you still. Tonight's trivia question. Who holds the NFL record for rookies? What's the NFL record by a rookie for most sacks in a season? 
NFL record by a rookie for most sacks in an NFL season. Okay? What rookie had the most sacks ever in NFL history? All right. Mets are losing. Looks like going to be 1,400. Yankees come back from 3-love. Three 6-3 three up. Could have made it bigger. Judge, another strikeout. God damn, what's that's 35-day games in a row. Sanchez, whatever you, J-Lo, and Aero talked about. I don't know, maybe he had a menage a trois or something. Uh, oh, should I not have said that? It came out wrong. I don't know. Maybe you guys did spend some time together, some really good time together, but I don't know. I know I'm tired and I'm rambling. Yankees got to win tomorrow. Please, 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 please. Oh, and we have the Jets tomorrow against the Lions. The Christian Hackenberg era continues. Eight days until Connor versus Floyd. Can't wait. And then Giants-Browns on Monday night. Brock Osweiler. Could he be the Browns starting quarterback? Only time will tell. Folks, have a great night. Peace out. I'll talk to you soon. Love you all very much.